But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. Our special 75th episode sale has cleaned us totally out of power converters, so I guess we're going to talk about some X-Wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Pork Jenkins. Guys, this is our 75th episode. We have been doing this for 75 episodes. How, how, how has this happened? It's outrageous. Uh, time. <laughs> time. <laughs> True. It's not wrong. It's how it happened. Yeah. Shout out to the inevitable passage of time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the shout outs are safe for the end, please, man. <laughs> just be at this point. Oh, gosh. It, do- it doesn't seem like it's been, what, we started this uh, early 2020? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, about right? a month before the pandemic yeah because it was right uh we started right before i left for lvo and then uh because that was january into january yeah, two months before the pandemic yeah yeah so, we got like four or five episodes and then uh they got weird yeah got <laughs> indeed weird. we're like oh let's just do weekly episodes while we're going to be working from home for the next four weeks yeah <laughs> four weeks became a year and a half hmm. and uh we've had some Interesting times. We picked up Greg along the way. We had ourselves a uh, mini-chlorian uh, to try and fill time during the void when we weren't allowed to play in person, and uh, it's been interesting, but we'll get into a bit of that later. Uh, what have we been doing recently? Uh, yesterday, as we're recording this, we all got to see each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the Tashi boys played X-Wing. Uh, we all played each other, as is our want, down at the uh, Village Geek in Manhattan. But it was a large tournament. There were, what, uh, 14 12. people? 12? Yeah, pretty big for a uh, Manhattan tournament. A uh, lot of good folks showing up. Uh, I wasn't able to stay for the whole thing, unfortunately. I had to try and race it back to uh, make it on time for a D&D game, which ended up being canceled because three of the five players weren't able to make it. So... Uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, Matt Smith, out of uh, the local folks there, took home the win. How did the rest of us do? I ended up going one and one before I had to leave. What about you, Alex? To Matt Smith in round one, and then round two, I won against uh, someone flying the same list that Greg did, which he'll talk about later. And then in round three, I lost the mirror match in an exploding game of explosions. <laughs> what were you playing? I was playing Ubel and the Boys. Yep, I was flying a resistance list of uh, Poe in the Falcon with uh, Zay Versio, uh, Merle, Roby Tice, and Finn. That's right. It's a solid list. So uh, it, one of the weirdest things about this tournament is there were 12 people, and I think there were three copies, like three or Ubel and the Boys. Mm-hmm. There were two Poe plus fours, and there yep. were... A thousand fire sprays. Yeah, there were at least three, two fire sprays and a hawk, and one fire boba rook cannon. Yeah, if you need to know what the Western Kansas meta is, it's fire sprays and hawks. Just Manhattan is not Western Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even the center. Therefore, it's Kansas. (laughs) Well, the the two boba or not the two boba. Me and Williams' lists were almost identical. I did change one thing just to be silly, but it was a mirror, and it's because I made the list, and then I thought the list looked neat, so I decided (laughs) to fly it. 
<laughs> so that was four of the fire sprays spoken for. Uh, so that was our fault. But it's also a joke because we have the toxic scum meta of Topeka from before the pandemic when I ran double fire sprays. Uh, and Boba was everywhere. And so mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the joke. Was Jason so, running? Sneak, you played Jason. Uh, right? uh, Jason was Jason running had the the voice. In the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which is, again, I uh, we'll cover that when we talk about the Empire, but I think it's one of the most solid lists in the meta right now. Yeah. But yeah, so there were three or four Ubel and the Boys, unless there was one Empire that did something different. And then there were four scum lists, one of which was Boba, Rook, Kanan, and I think the other three were also, were all double fire spray hawk. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that's most of the list, the tournament there. And then the, the two resistance lists were both Tobos four. Yep. Uh, I mean, like, like a weirdly undiverse twelve-person tournament. <laughs> yeah, you said you ran a double fire spray. Was it uh, Boba Kashka Kanan, uh, Greg? No, it was Boba Iman Tor. Mm. And uh, I, I thought Iman would be more fun. I had never actually flown, or sorry, him. I've never flown that ship before, and I did not bomb well. So I think I'll stick to Makoshka. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we- Let's go ahead, Newt. I was going to say, we didn't cover it when we went over Scum, but having flown Iman since then, I honestly think Iman might be the weakest of the fire sprays because you have to invest so many points in his ordinance that he doesn't get to do what fire sprays do best, and that's actually Brawl. So yeah, I think that's the trick with Iman, is you you can't sell off for his ability. You just give him, like, one bomb, probably, like, proton bombs. And then you just give him like a good force crew in like fearless or something. But like if that. you're gonna do that, I think you could do better with the other equivalently pointed, yeah. pointed fire sprays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. But Honestly, like, I I, there there yeah. is an advantage to Iman's ability. You just don't want to sell out for it. Like yeah. being able, right? To but it's so easy to sell out for because that's it what is. You're so focused yeah, it, on. it yeah. seems like the idea of I'm just going to yeet a three hard prox mine at somebody. You you give up a lot to set it up. That's the easy trap to get into. Yeah. Uh, so like one really easy thing you could do, like next time if you wanted to try it again, is just do Prox Mines Ahsoka and then probably Marauder. Um, okay. Like that's your 17 points. And is that better than Koshka? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on if you get the Prox Mines off. But like three turn Prox Mines are hard to avoid sometimes. That's true. Uh, and then if you're you only running through. Yeah, if you're only running one instance of mine, there's no purpose in having Androsta on there. Yeah. And then Marauder gives you a reroll at the back and you have the Force Crew so you can boost more aggressively or. It's not as exciting as the full like take <clears throat> Andrasta and double bombs, but I think it's if if you're talking competitive and you want Iman to be more reliable, I think that's what you have to do. You have to you have to say that his ability is only part of it's only a part of it. It's not the sum of his parts. Yeah. And well, yeah. we've seen a whole lot of Kanan out there. How did Torkel work out on the day for you and uh William Rannett as well? How how did Torkel turn out? I mean Torkel was great. Um uh, Torkoal would have been better if I would have played better. I guess, that's an obvious statement. So, like, you know, I would go into the engagement, and my whole goal was, and I totally, I missed on this uh, meta, quotation marks, for this tournament. And so I thought there was going to be more Jedi, and so Proxmines could almost, you know, just destroy a Jedi in one hit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was bringing ships that could potentially get into positions to have those one or two turns that were just huge with bombs. And, um, uh, but like Vader, you're not gonna kill Vader with one prox mine. Uh, so you, so just like if you sell out, like, um, if I would have done well against Sunfact, 
maybe I could have killed Sunfect with one, but I faced two two Vaders, two boy Vaders of Sunfect, and then two Defenders, which were I-5. So those were kind of the AC things I went against. And um, I'm trying to remember, boy Vader has an extra shield? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's even tankier, but yeah, like it's it's just one of those things. Like I, my goal with that list was to be able to jump over people, uh, set up unexpected things, and then torquel their I six so that Boba, uh, well, everybody in the list could take their shot. Right. Uh, and I, I, their I just, ace. Yeah, I just realized that torquel seems like, and again, I say seems like on paper a uh, a good counterplay to no. the I six meta, but. No. The, the no thing offense, is, he's, like, he's, he's also four points in a hawk, so that's that's gambling. The thing is, the, the I-6s care more about moving last than shooting first. That's always been the thing. Yeah, like the um, only exception yeah. might Yeah, I have to do a lot of work. With Ubel and the boys, but because he's at six five five five, one Torkoal mm-hmm. doesn't make enough of a difference. Yeah, no. that was exactly um, what happened. He Torkoaled Vader constantly, and I was like, okay. But my three I-5s still shoot. I, yeah, I, I did it. I think a lot of it goes back to the scum problem of it's not that Kanan is necessarily too good. It's that he warps the scum faction too much. And so yeah. like not bringing Kanan just actively hinders yourself yeah. uh, because your stuff dies too fast in the current meta without Kanan on the board. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 uh, there, oh shoot. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So you could with, um, I would just try to Torkoal whoever had the best shot. So I would have the best odds of maybe Torkoal surviving or whatever. Um, or if anything, burning a you know. Uh, yeah, so like I torkled, uh, uh, like say, Dooku in our game, and then yeah, you had one moment you had to rely on and like an unmodded shot from. Say, it, it almost punished me really hard because I forgot about Torkoal. Uh, so right. Yeah, you had a one health Emon, and my Sunfock is in. It's got her. He's Emon has a range one shot on Sunfock, and then he has a couple like range two and threes. Um, yeah. And Dooku and Sunfok both have shots on the one health Emon, so I was like, whatever. I'll just evade with Sunfok. He doesn't have to worry about killing him. Dooku will kill him. Uh, and then he torquilled Dooku to zero. I was like, oh, now Emon gets to shoot. I might just lose Sunfok. And I didn't yeah. in that situation. Like, that could have been a situation where. Yeah, it could have been. And, and you know, that was. And the reason I took Torquil, I uh, was not trying to be compared. I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to just shut down somebody's ace and then murder it. And then I could go home happy. And, but that never happened. So, it was just, like, but that was the goal, right? So, like, I didn't care about it. You know, I just wanted that one instant, and it didn't happen. So, indeed, it's fun. Yeah, and That's Doug, had a you great time. I had an yeah, awesome time yesterday. It was yeah. a real good time. Uh, Doug, you mentioned Sunfock. Uh, you were flying the same list you've flown in a uh, Kyber Cup, uh, which yeah, refresh but... our listeners' uh, memories on that. Django, the Sock Dooku, and Sunfock. Um, I changed the Sunfock letter a little bit, which I like less, but it made him marginally tankier instead of so i was doing ensnare crack crack shot crack shot predator targeting computer and i switched it to ensnare enduring elusive targeting computer yeah um, enduring was good and yeah enduring, enduring and is, elusive both together yeah well. it sounds nice on paper but the fact is is that sunfox just avoids getting shot as much as possible and when he gets shot at i don't like it like it doesn't matter what i what defensive upgrades i have uh yeah, but i there was... definitely noticed the reduced damage output uh, on like bullseye shots, oh. um, so I I think I would at minimum change elusive back to predator. Uh, That's reasonable. But okay, yeah, I just saw that you got. I think you got like two points during our game because 
you could cancel crits first. Enduring was really nice for had, yeah. That's and, the, and, nice but there. but they, that's one game. That's mm-hmm. one mode, so I guess I could see how that would be. Yeah. But I also, in every game, I got a range one bullseye tractor shot, and I think I maxed out at three every time because I only had the focus. Mm-hmm. I had no way to reroll dice. Um, and that's why Elusive also is yeah, very targeting. useful, because Sunfox spends his focus on offense most of the time. He's there to do damage. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think I'd at least switch to Predator. Yeah, and given things, do you find yourself uh, doing red maneuvers with Sunfox much? No. To, yeah. It's, no. you know, he, he's there to basically be wherever he wants. God, so many times in our game, I kept thinking, all right, and I have outmaneuvered Sunfox. Nope. <laughs> That that three bank, yeet yourself over to the side and then throw the tractor within snare is just uh Yeah, I, so um I guess since we're the spoilers, we're dumping into separatists this, this week. One trick I will say against Nantex, if you are especially in snare ones, um actually primarily against the snare ones, uh if you are trying to avoid the ensnare, you need to sit stay on the same side their arc is currently in. Because they have to rotate their arc to tractor themselves. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, I, I don't remember exactly the details in our game, but uh, I made it difficult for, for you to do that. But, like, a good example is if Sunfok is flanking off to the side really hard and his arc is pointed inward, keep trying to cut in on him so that when he turns in, his arc is already pointed at you because it makes it a lot more difficult for him to do what he wants to do. Yeah, I was thinking when you were bullying me by taking my Zay and constantly moving me to where I didn't have shots, uh, you had ensnared me with the arc pointed forward. And my thought was, okay, I'm just going to boost out straight and get away from Sunfock. And you three-banked, tractored yourself, rotated to the side, rolled within range one of me, and then stuck me in the wrong spot again. I'm just like, man! The classic three-bank tractor. I've played a lot of Sunfock, so it's it's something I'm familiar with dealing with. But in general, it is a way to make the Nantex's life more difficult. Yeah. Well, it was like you said, it was a, a great tournament. Always love uh, playing out at Village Geek. They put on a good show for us. It's got enough room to play. And uh, yeah, the the folks out there are like, you know, most places you'll find some of the friendliest uh, competitors you find, folks who just love playing X-Wing for the fun of it. Uh, they've got, you know, some folks who are going to Worlds, so you get quality opponents who are willing to play casual games. And that's what I love about it. Uh, speaking of, we did mention the Kyber Cup. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Team Tashi Station's run in the Kyber Cup came to an end after the fifth round. Uh, the Brunus boys did uh, send us... Uh, yeah, that was round four. Did we cover that in round four already? Yeah, know? we did. Yeah, okay. And then uh, round five, however, we also had a, a pretty rough matchup. I almost wound up with uh, some... Uh, benefits because I got matched up against Steve Cutillo, who we've mentioned on this podcast, member of the U.S. National XTC team alongside Doug, who had been traveling to the Netherlands, and we had to do some uh, somersaults to schedule uh, our game, but it ended up uh, actually being a pretty close one for us, but uh, they ended up getting the win, and uh, right now I think the Kyber Cup is in the top eight, so it's... uh, Got top sixteen matches, yeah. My top eight might have just started. Yeah, they they just announced the uh, the the top eight brackets there, so uh, that'll be going on this week. Congratulations to everyone who's still in it, and uh, thanks to all of our opponents. I know that I did not have a single bad experience in five rounds. That no, all my opponents were great. Yeah, it was super awesome. Actually, it was a great time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual, Doug, I think you went 5-0 and oh for us. I did, but like it's the point of the list was to right. to gather yeah. pick and make sure that I got at least neutral matchups where Sonfa mm-hmm. could do what he needs to do. Yeah, an interesting, uh, you know, I think you know I was really trying to think about like the Kyber Cup might be a preview of what Worlds is going to be, but because of just what you mentioned, the ability to select matchups, the Kyber Cup meta is not necessarily reflective of the meta at large because it's its own weird format. Yeah, it, you can still use the data to like find interesting or potentially good lists but you cannot use it to determine what will actually be like a world mm-hmm. contending list right uh it, it'll be interesting once they put up the full list of all the lists uh rather uh, than it's having in to... list fortress oh it is already yeah oh cool so uh but i'd love to look at that and actually see how much diversity there was because i didn't see the same list twice uh we saw quite a few Ubel and the boys and uh, stuff like that but I think there's probably some uh, interesting picks out there. I know just by glancing through, I saw quite a few uh, random ones. Uh, but we'll, we'll go into that uh, a bit later, probably when we review the whole thing. Uh, the GSP Sector Series. Uh, Doug, you and I were both in it, and they just announced the cuts for that. Uh, I know I didn't make it. Uh, how'd you do? Uh, I was, uh, it turned out not playing for the cut, but it was close to playing for the cut in the last round and went down in a absolutely ridiculous nail-biter 21-20 to game Ooh. where I lost because, it was chance, and I lost because my Vader at full health ate three damage from three range three shots <laughs> to get halved, which put him at exactly 21, or put him at exactly 20, and then the chance bumped him up to 21. Uh, but it was, a, it was a really good game. Uh, so I finished 3-2, and two, uh, but then... Because of draws, three and ones didn't make the top four of. So the oh, we were in sector one, which right. is the standard American time zone. It was the biggest one, so you had to go five and zero oh or four in a draw, uh, which I think it ended up two five and zeros and three four in a draws. Uh, so they have a five man cut together. Okay, that's pretty good there. Uh, have there been any other large tournaments? Uh, no more worlds qualifiers until worlds, I imagine. Yeah, uh, not that I know of. Um, there was a 12-person tournament in Ontario, Canada yesterday. Okay. <laughs> That's the biggest thing I see on this fortress. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, as folks are preparing to go up to Adepticon in March for Worlds, uh, Doug and Alex, you'll both be heading up there, and folks are kind of getting into prep mode. We're going to continue doing our faction coverage, and like Doug uh, hinted at earlier, we're going to be talking about the Separatists this week. Uh, right now, Doug, you are leading uh, the, the Separatists uh, is kind of your first choice right now. Uh, what's the feel of the faction like at this time? Um, Grievous and Django centric. Like, <laughs> uh, I think I am probably one of the only people that hasn't started with a separatist list with Grievous, and uh, I'm probably still wrong. Grievous is ridiculously good. He's mm-hmm. probably the best five point chip in the game. Yeah, I think you um, take Grievous in any faction. Like... Yeah, uh, like literally the only bad thing about him is he's I four, but his kit is also built to deal with being I four pretty well. Um. So, uh, I mean, he's pretty much an auto-include in the faction. Um, Django is still really good. Uh, he's a fire spray with a six for his orange, which is really strong, and he can take a force crew um, and has a million loadout. Um, I know uh, Daniel Lim did really well with a Vulture Swarm, but other than him, I haven't seen really Vultures do 
pretty much anything since 2.5. Um, right. And that's a question that uh, I was going to ask. And especially, you know, Greg, as you've flown quite a bit of the, uh, the, the droid swarms back in the day, you, you know, used to love an infiltrator and a mini swarm. Uh, droid swarms, what, what's it that makes them non-viable right now? They're low initiative and offense yeah. is at an all-time high. So it's, so like if you take like the the classic like Seer plus seven, which probably doesn't even get to twenty anymore, but if you built a list similar to that, like you used to in a bad round you would lose two Tiza or two Vultures on the opening engage. Now it is almost certain you will lose two and you might lose three. Mm. Um, it just it makes it really difficult to come back whenever you lose that much firepower before it shoots. Okay, uh, you know, Greg, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. If you lose two and a max or more than two, then uh, the rest of your game plan is just like gone out the window. And uh, I mean, I have not flown a droid swarm uh, in ages, so I don't know how to do objectives with those. Uh, the only thing I know that if you did not try to stay on target and get whoever you were going after with your vultures, uh, then you were just gonna you know, obviously uh, lose the game and get danced around. But if you can break away with uh, wounded vultures now and do objectives, um, that could be pretty viable. Um, uh, I remember, you know, just K-turning, just K-turn, K-turn, whatever. And now you can just break away, go get your objectives. And so that could be, that could be, I don't know what, did you say that Daniel Lim did that just recently? Yeah, yeah at, at LVO, he did Grievous, Seer, and Five Vultures, I think. Oh, um, Gre oh Grievous, Seer, and Five? Oh, okay, well, that sounds good. So he had a backup plan to his Vultures. Yeah. Um, so, so he, I, okay. Let me pull it up. Let me see if I can find yeah. the actual. Yeah, um, if you had Grievous, like, if you, so that seems like, I mean, that's Ace, not Ace, but that's like, you have your, your in-game plus your mini swarm. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a really good... Your droids are the anvil, and then Grievous is your hammer. Yeah, so we had Grievous, you... standard, essentially standardized loadout Grievous. Uh, Seer with K2B4, Impervium Shield Upgrade. Uh, DFS081, which is uh, Butterbot, or the one who fast calculates, with Energy Shell, Independent Calculations, Grappling Struts. Uh, the Iron Assembler with Energy Shell, Independent Calculations, Grappling Struts, and three Separatists with Discord Missiles and Struts in Independent Calculations. So... Uh, K2B4 is the one where you can spend a calculate to cancel one of their or add an evade unless they take a strain, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, and then Iron Assembler. Yeah, it's uh so that's because there's the Rick and Morty meme where it's the oh. little robot that goes, What do I do? And you hand out butter. And somebody <laughs> made a uh you hand out calculates, yeah. Yeah, you hand out calculates. Uh checks out. Yeah, so I've always seen that as a uh, that's kickbacks roll in resist in Republic. Yeah, right? you hand out your tokens. Do, yeah, exactly. Same same idea. Um, I like that. Yeah, if you yeah if you didn't just rely on your vultures. Mm -hmm. And I know he talked a lot about um, well not a lot but like I, so vultures in theory if you can keep them alive are good at objectives like they hold assault really well because they can just sit on rocks and continue to collect mm -hmm. points. Um, they you have enough bodies that salvage is a pretty good matchup for you. Um, and so in theory, with Iron Assembler sitting nearby and them sitting on rocks, they're a little bit tankier as long as they don't get one shot. Um, but I assume it just required a lot of practice and getting his approaches correct where, you know, he was getting favorable engages so he wasn't losing multiple vultures on the first turn. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely not a list I would recommend to somebody who doesn't want to put in a lot of time to make it work. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like it would just, it could burn your brain by the end of, you know, six rounds or whatever. Cause you got to be pretty, I mean, not precise, but you got to be pretty uh, confident with what you're doing. Otherwise you're just going to get, get wrecked with those vultures. I didn't fly vultures for a while cause they were so squishy. Um, but if you could fit five plus Grievous plus Seer, that's pretty legit. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, cool. We did have uh, a couple weeks ago at one of our local game cafe tournaments, a newer player showed up running uh, a droid swarm with all of the named vultures and hyenas, which I thought looked interesting. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't want to face it because he had the full uh, kit out of electro uh what was it elect charge energy charge uh missiles oh and, energy uh, yeah, yeah the, those ones and the uh discord missiles and one of the things i've noticed is that when separatists first came out discord missiles were like the bane of my existence because i was running a sinker swarm at the time uh and now with the changes dropping them to one agility uh Allowing for range zero attacks. Has 2.5 just nerfed Discord missiles into trash tier? I mean, they're nerfed, but they're not trash tier. You're not seeing them because vultures aren't popular. Yeah, only vultures and hyenas can breed them. Matt, another way to think about it is Mm -hmm. if you shoot at a Discord missile instead of one of my ships, I essentially gave you a weapons disabled token. Is that bad? Spending a calculate to give you a weapons disabled? Oh, okay. Okay, I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, and if you don't, then I get a free crit. So like it's it's a win-win for me. Either you waste your shot into a Discord missile, which you'll probably kill now, because one agility, one health. Um but like if you don't, then you got a weapon disabled and you still have to deal with it. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, even if you kill it, it's it's instead of shooting at one of my vultures that we just established are the problem is sometimes they just die. Notoriously like killable. This one, yeah. One uh, but if you're wasting shots into Discords now because you're afraid of the crit, sorry. Um then that those vultures are gonna stay alive a little longer. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah, I know one of the things you just said was that only the vulture. Okay, vultures vulture's not, not, Does nothing else? Because you need to spend a calculate to fire them. Does nothing else have missile slots? What about the uh, HMPs? Oh, maybe HMPs can. Okay. Well, sorry. Oh, okay. yeah, they should be able to. Right. I was just thinking about because I was like, but, well, but yeah, but none of the ships HMPs that carry are them are points. metaforces, which is why you don't see them. That yeah, okay. HMPs are five points and. Yeah. Casually, HMPs you can fly whatever you want, but it's not yeah. good. It's, They're bad. I mean, they they are both yeah. super expensive, low initiative, and don't have enough loadout. Like HMPs are just bad ships. Yeah, that's. I was going to get into that saying, HMPs were the ship that I thought was going to make me want to buy into Separatist, but ah, has any ship been so disappointing to me in person? I mean, uh, HMPs were good for quite a while. Yeah, like, they had their time. And oh yeah, by the time I was about to get into Separatist, 2.5 dropped, and like you said, low initiative and expensive made them pretty they, bad. Uh, they the were really only good if you flew four of them, though. Yeah, Which was still a go... I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess... Yeah, you can't really put qualifiers on when right, a ship right, is right. successful. <laughs> I mean, I just I just wish you could like fly one and it not be a trash ship mm-hmm. in your list. Like, I wish you could just grab one and just be like, oh, this is a good filler, yeah, or whatever. Like, like the but generic just, is four points and the others are five. That's that's not filler. Like I don't category. even know where mine are. That's how much it's, I don't it's care the about unique of the generic for the record. But oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean the four point ones, if they had more than seven loadout, could maybe do something, but they don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
and you were mentioning tri fighters, but like you don't you don't want to spend your calculates to shoot discord missiles on tri fighters. They're too squishy. And right. Uh, also, most of the tri fighters that are usable are either Volan Das, who's who doesn't have calculate, or mm -hmm. they're the stock ones, so you don't get to pick their loadout. Yeah, I have seen uh, Volan Das a bit recently. Uh, seems a lot of fun. He's an I five, which at least is something out there. But for four points, I would rather be flying an actual interceptor, I think. <laughs> you know, not that it's an option in the faction, but I think uh, four points I is mean, not what, bad. For I don't Volandas think there. I agree with that. What the four point interceptor good. would you take over Volandas? Uh tier? Soon tier is six. Soon tier, really? I oh. thought they dropped him a lot. Oh, okay. No. Even if they, they would have dropped him to five, not four, but he's six. Yeah. Soon tier four, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd take that too. <laughs> I mean, I, be... I honestly would probably uh, take one of the uh, the boy sigmas. Nah, I disagree. I would take Volan uh, over the sigma. Okay. Is, is the ability to... why you would, or just because? Of yeah, the I mean, he's like... he's I five. He has an amazing ability. He has a decent amount of loadout. You can hand off. What is the ability? Uh, After you fully execute a red maneuver, you may choose an enemy ship at range one. The chosen ship gains one strain token, and you remove one stress. Yeah, so I get white K turns, and I strain you for it. That's that's amazing. Yeah. True. Well, it doesn't need to be in your arc at range one. It just needs to be at range yeah. one. Oh. Yeah, that seems pretty good. You know, uh, and this suddenly strikes me as uh, was it uh, Greg? Was it Zane that was that brought the ion control list with Dace Bonearm and no? That, well, it was Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I was thinking, wow, Volandas, if you know where an enemy's going to be, you could absolutely abuse the hell out of that ability with Ion Control, but I don't think you can really do Ion Control well in Separatist. And even I so, you... I think that's just overkill, though. Like, it's not difficult yeah. to predict where one ship is going to be in a K turn or also, talent roll scenario. Ioning somebody, I guess you're saying strain them so that you can ion them easier? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's not. But, but it would that, be better to realizing... screen them and blow them up. Yeah. Like <laughs> that is at least that that is at least six points, two ships that you are putting into uh, a gimmick there. And yeah, I mean your best would be dirge. Uh, yeah, so eight points. Right, there. Is it four. Um, well, well dirge, you could just bring, you could bring heavy laser cannon ion cannon anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a reasonable loadout for dirge. So yeah. every time I've seen Volan Das, he's got dirge with him because you got two four points i five. That's a uh... so. If I were trying to build a a separatist list right now, my first thought, uh, okay, let's look at the, the cheap, efficient things. Uh, Volandas and Dirge, who are both four points for an I-5. Uh, and Grievous. Yeah, and then yeah. Grievous, so that gives you seven points left over. Uh, How much is Django? Right. Django's eight. Ah, dang it, I was going to like, does Django fit in there? Uh, so what's a good seven point? How much is... What about, uh, who's that one lady? Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, I, mean, I can tell you what I would do in that list. Mm -hmm. Do it. Which Say is, it. I would do. I'd bring 404 in the Ooh. hyena, and then you have four points left over. So you could bring two vultures. You could bring uh, one of the flocks for another tri fighter. Um, you could bring. Is that SOC uh, 404 or yeah. the other? Yeah, okay. SOC 404. Okay. That's... What about non standardized DQ? Like he's six or he's seven. He's seven. Yeah, that's how many yeah. points he have left. I don't yeah, you believe can... in non-standardized Dooku. I know one LVO, but like, I... what's the difference? Like, yeah, uh, well, hate is really valuable, but hate is valuable. well. So you're I three instead of I five for one. You have a completely different. Opinion. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fair. I three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you that's get probably, twenty four points loadout, which is nice. But, uh, but yeah, your I three 
Um, that I three makes a big deal. It does. Yeah. Like when I was flying him at I five, and I did like mall in him. It was mm-hmm. so nice to not be at three. Yeah. Like it just it hurts so bad just to be a large base ship at three, and you spent you know that many points on him. Yeah. Well, and so we we talked about this a little bit, but the the list that won LVO, uh, the point was is that he would bait with Dooku. So that if they went for him, the proximity mine bombers could just bomb you to hell. Uh, and I think with this list, you don't have enough reliable damage output without using Dooku. So if you just stay cloaked with him, they can just gotcha. kill the other stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Doug, you've been flying uh, the Siege of Coruscant version of Dooku. Uh which is the first time in a long time we've seen the Sith Infiltrator out there. Are any of the other uh, Infiltrator pilots worth putting on the table right now? Competitively, no. Which leads us into you know, the, the, the team-up you said of Dooku and Django. Uh, what about the other fire sprays? Competitively, no. Um, like, Horus uh, thing is the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, but she doesn't have a crew slot. <laughs> and oh, even well, if they... She's already got a full... Yeah, but... Yeah. I don't know. Like she's I four, I and she's eight points. Like I four is like where CIS kind of lit. Well, I guess that's not true to say to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Zam is nine, which is just restricts us building too much for the fire spray. Um, yeah. Boba Fett might be okay at seven. He's kind of weird, but um, like just slapping a force crew on him and just being a fire spray that is extra tanky when he's by himself isn't bad. Does he have See, points for a force crew? Yeah, he has 16 points. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> so you were saying that Zam is at 9 points, which kind of constrains it. But I think that's reasonable, right? Zam's really good. Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, yeah. that's that's what I was going to lead into. Uh, uh, I, think, Zam... I think Zam would be pretty playable if she was just 8 with maybe slightly less loadout or something. Um, gotcha. Like, that puts her in the same category as Boba, and she can't carry games the same way Boba can. Or Django, um, you mean? No. no. Boba, but for nine point five. Like what? What I remember finding a lot uh, in the end of two point days, whenever the Django Zam lists were all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ignored Zam, she wasn't actually that great. Um, no, not an every not every list could do that well. But uh, like if okay. if your yeah. list that could just kill Django instead and ignore Zam, then like they they have to then correctly guess every time how they're using the condition. Yeah, uh, and misguessing means that you have a very expensive fire spray that's not doing very much. Right and now, that's, with yeah, this nine point day, damage, you're essentially in that trap every game. Yeah, that's the list that uh, Matt Carey had brought to uh, the mini Chlorian, and that was pretty much all of our strategy was just go after Django. Uh, so yeah, Zam Wessel, who you know went and from it, as I say in an objective world, that's even more true, right? Uh, because you know, now it's not even a matter of killing Django and then surviving until time. Now it's, uh, I'm going to kill the other 11 points and probably be ahead in objectives because Zam can't do that much by herself. Agreed. Yeah, that's... For for a ship that was... And even Zam crew, we don't see much anymore because 11 points is a hell of an investment for that ability. Uh, and the crew the crew version only has two charges? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think the crew is more of a, like, YVs were the main thing that used her, and YVs just aren't very good right now. Yeah, YVs just aren't good right now. Um, I mean, 11 is appropriately costed for us, so you don't just slap it on everything, which agree, is the actual agree. problem. When it was 4, you just slapped it on everything because it didn't yeah. matter, and it was so punishing that... <laughs> like, if <laughs> I was going to bring a YV, I would still put Sam on them at 11 every time. Like, yeah. I just don't see a reason to bring a YV right now. 
Right. Or scum in general most of the time. But uh, that was a discussion for a previous episode. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> well, something else you mentioned, uh, Doug, was uh, you said the phrase Nantexas without ensnare. Is there a point to that at this point? You know what I mean? Uh, I've different never seen with anybody ensnare. do it, but like Furwars, four points for I5, which isn't awful. I don't think it's good. But so, like in the the when we were talking about earlier, if you have Volan Dirge, Grievous four hundred four, and you have four points left over, I mean the flocks are there now, so you bring that. But maybe you just only have one Tri Fighter. Then like Burwar's not the worst. Like <laughs> he probably shoots every turn. He's I five. That's he's good at holding salvage. <laughs> um, I, this was more in context of like the the generic Nantex spam days, like. The yeah. advice of just stay on the side that their arc is at doesn't work against non-ensnare Nantex because they just won't track for themselves and shoot you anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, what would you put on Burwer? I mean, his ability's basically blank. It's blank, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he's the one that lets them, if you hit, all your calculating ships can take an extra calculate. After your frontal attack that hits, each friendly ship with calculate on its action bar and a lock on the defender may perform a red calculate action. That is yeah. the most conditionally what? dumb ability. What yeah. were they thinking? They FFG had a real problem with abilities that sounded cool that I assume they playtested as being too strong, so then they just made them way too conditional to be useful. I'd almost like, just bring Gorgol for the, the memes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, Gorgle's ability is at least you know even dumber. But yeah. I mean, I yeah. would put Crash Shot Predator on Brewer, Burwer, and then just Burwer. Yeah, you don't your, like just get, get your bullseye shot and have a four die. Like get a range one bullseye shot with Predator Crash Shot Focus and try to pop something. Solid, solid. Ah, uh, uh, the other things there. I think Separatist might have the least. Played uh, faction talent in Treacherous, but I remember when it came out, we all thought Treacherous was going to be really good because it was played quite a bit at the beginning. I'm going to say that Hopeful is worse than Treacherous. I I will actually, uh, you know, playing a lot of the uh, Battle of Yavin uh, ships that have it baked into there. Oh, maybe if they, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, but it's baked in, it's not the same thing. But it's, yeah, Hopeful is better if you have more ships. Yeah, now that 2.5 has kind of shrunk, uh, especially for Rebels, the, the total ship count. Uh, hopeful, definitely not as good as it used to be. But Treacherous, uh, I think it's also because it's a two-point talent, and when you have the options for Elusive and Predator, Treacherous is always going to take a third sl- you know, spot there. Yeah, I, the thing with Treacherous is it requires a specific play style and certain conditions to be good. Like, if Vultures could take Treacherous, it would be really good. Um, but because you kind of only have can you can only bring it on your bigger ships. It means in order to reliably use it, you have to put your bigger ships behind your own swarm, which is awkward. Yeah, um, especially if they're well, if they're higher initiative, it can help. Whoa. It can, yeah. It, but again, it, it's just it on top of being kind of a difficult trigger to achieve in the first place. It requires you to fly in a certain way to get use out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have used it on. Um, just something if I was flying it behind the swarm. Yeah. Because yeah, then you're like almost the, always going to have to get shot through something. And if the they're not shooting it, it's triggering nothing. Yeah. Haven't made good yeah. use of it. Uh, who was it? Um, 
at Paul Worlds. Paul Heaver. Paul Heaver, yeah. He tried he played it and I yeah, it yep. happened a lot. He won um, PAX with it. Or cut it or top two to PAX with it. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago. I think he won PAX with it. It's a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> but uh that's what I remember is just watching that and just seeing where he was putting stuff and um dude. So. Yes. Fun fact: If you ever want to learn how to play X-Wing better, go find old videos of Paul playing X-Wing and just watch. Yeah. It's it's yeah. legendary, man. True indeed. Uh, Doug, you also brought something to my mind. Uh, with you have been flying a uh, SOC Dooku, his unique roiling anger talent has that come into play for you at all? No, but that's because of my list. He is the obvious first target, so I don't mm. strain him because it just makes him easier to kill. Um, uh, valid. In it is a it is a situationally very strong talent. Um, like if they're if they're focusing something other than Dooku, and you're down on force, like taking a strain when they're not going to shoot at you doesn't matter. So yeah, like get your force back and use his ability more, or just have more force in general is really strong. Um, the Django Sunfok Dooku list in particular, I intentionally present Dooku first, and almost everybody takes it because he's the easiest shit to kill. Yeah. Um. So I don't use Rolling Anger. Um. But it, I mean. Again, it's baked in, so it's not like I'm paying for it, but it's a good upgrade. And if I'm not mistaken, Dooku pilots has the same Dooku crew thing that you have to have all your force active Correct. to use his ability? Okay. Yes. But it doesn't spend, it still only spends one force to do it. Yes, correct. Uh, okay, okay. So, hmm. Okay, and Roiling Anger is at the start of the engagement phase, so I can imagine, like, if you really need to regen that force during the engagement phase, you could use it. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. When he is going to be the obvious target in the list, you don't want to make him even more of a target, because that only works if you're getting shot anyway, or at least in an arc. Yeah. Although, with your list, I know uh, when you played me, you definitely sent Dooku up, kind of you know, offering him as the obvious shot. Yeah, uh, I do intentionally. Like, he's... Right. He is he's the he's, one I want people to go for first. He's bait. Yeah. He's bait. Yeah. Right. So would Roiling Anger possibly be even more of a bait? Like, you know, oh, I really don't want you shooting at Sunfock. Here, now well, I'm strange. No, Shoot at me. Because you so you don't need Roiling Anger on the first turn because you have max force. Yeah. And then if they went for Dooku, he's already on fire if he's still alive. So don't make it worse. Like they're either going to focus fire or they're gonna split fire, in which case, like Thanks. Like, uh, so <laughs> either they're making the wrong choice by not killing Dooku at that point, or there's no reason for me to take the strain because they're already trying to kill Dooku. Yeah, in fact, you either want them to change targets. Yeah, that, that's the goal. So after the first turn, like it's not bad if they change targets. If Dooku's on eight damage and then they suddenly go for Sunfuck, like that's okay. Cool. I get an extra turn of Dooku. Yeah. yeah. My 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 thought mostly was like the. If I can, if you are trying to hunt down Sunfock, and I can try and lure you into shooting at Dooku to let Sunfock survive another turn, you know. Sure, but, but you're right. It's that weird head game thing that not every opponent is going to fall for. I don't think it's even a head game. It's just way too situational. Based, yeah. On it's like, game. yeah, there might be an instance where that's true. It's just not something you should count on happening. Yeah. Like, it's not a reason to bring. The list, or bring that oh, yeah. card, or anything like that. Well, you you, you don't bring Dooku for rolling in it. You bring him because yeah. he's six points and three fourths. But yeah, the, but obviously, but my point is like rolling in The fact that you could bait someone away from shooting Sunfok in a meaningful way is irrelevant to the choices. Is what I'm saying. Valid. 
Right. So if we had to think, what is what are the separatists currently missing as a faction? Uh, what do they really need to click? Because I don't think anybody would call them the top tier faction right I think now. They're wrong. I think really? they're wrong. I think they're the clear third place between behind Republic. Right. But I say, yo, know, to, to to push them up to that top. Why, you, know, no, okay. it, you can't. Not every faction to... can be the best yeah. faction. <laughs> The, but, I think third place is a perfectly acceptable place to be. In, yeah, in terms that's of above average. They have, four, they have four a lot of list variety. They, other than the HMP uh, and the Nantex outside of me, every ship is being seen. Um, but I think they're an extremely healthy spot. Okay. They just happen to be a, a half step worse than Empire and Republic. Yeah, maybe which is probably a, a sign that those two are a little bit too good because they're the Battle of Yavin cards are very strong for Empire. Mm -hmm. And the Siege of Coruscant Strong's cards are very strong for Republic. Um, okay. Well, now that we've seen it in the wild and we've talked about both the Republic and Separatists, uh, which faction got the better of uh, Siege of Coruscant? Which one did it benefit more, do you think? Republic. Republic. Okay. Like, the the Sock cards in Separatists are all solid. Yeah. But they're not they're not warping... Lists, are, like yeah, Republic like yeah, the Republic seems... top tier S plus plus metal list is mostly Siege of on cards until to be Anakin. Like yeah, what what is the uh, is it the Kelroto AI holdouts the ones that have a specific scenario related ability? Like if you something oh, to you're, a scenario, you're talking about the flock tri fighters. The flock, okay, mention scenario tokens. Uh, they they have uh. Debris Gambit. It's it's evade, Evasion Sequence 7. While I perform a red evade action, if there's an obstacle or scenario feature, arrange one, treat the action as white instead. Okay, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. So, uh, yeah, it, it seemed like something there was geared specifically towards just the Siege of Coruscant scenario. No, because uh, it works for objective markers. Objective tokens. Oh, does it? What? Yeah. Is that the one I'm looking at? Uh, there was... Yeah. Oh, I was reading that completely incorrectly. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking uh, it was only, like, for the invisible hand that's out there in that scenario. So Nope. Works oh. for objective markers, too. Those are scenario features. Oh. oh, okay. That, hmm, I had completely overlooked uh, that there, so... No, even no, if it wasn't uh, true, okay. it's still debris game. Yeah, it's the, uh, the the one I no, the one I'm thinking of was the Howard Chow prototype. Uh, it's the after an enemy ship in your bullseye declares a scenario feature or another friendly ship as the defender. Uh, yeah, it's the scenario feature, but it's not only but, scenario feature. Yeah. Okay, that's right. just a bonus for the scenario. Right. Okay. That yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So yeah, I can definitely see that the SOC uh, cards, uh, Dooku and DBS four hundred four getting a lot of play, but definitely more of the Republic ones getting play there. Yeah, I... yeah, and I mean, like, flocks are still solid. Uh, Dis T eighty one, the 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 mega tri fighter. He's only I four, but he comes to the afterburners and out maneuver and gets to reroll whatever he wants all the time for strain and deplete. Yeah, that, that was in Paul's packs list where he won or made top two. I don't remember. Uh, one of those two with, outcomes. Yeah, along with Dooku, Grievous, and four oh four, maybe I don't remember. Dirge, it was Dirge. Um, like that's still a really strong. Siege of Coruscant ship as well, um, yeah. but they're well, they're not defining the faction like Kickback and Click are. Okay. Or Ada Obi Wan like those are those are three pieces that are pushing Republic up to another level. 
or is these are just adding more options to the separatists? Absolutely valid. All right. Well, is there any other thoughts we have on the separatist faction as it stands currently? We haven't had anything announced because there's obviously no reprints for the the separatists. So, and they just got Siege of Coruscant. So I don't know. And I honestly have not watched enough Clone Wars to really even know if there's other separatist stuff they could put out there for new ships. Yeah, the Umbaran um, fighters I think would be a yeah. really cool separatist. The weird ones with the uh, the force field cockpits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There'd be yeah. an organic pilot a ship that is explicitly mm -hmm. separatist in the show. So I think those would be really cool. Ooh, that probably also be a really cool looking miniature. I'd exactly. Yeah, I, like I think they played vultures uh, pretty conservatively in Siege of Corazon, and they could. They could definitely just release more standardized loadout vultures that are good. <laughs> yeah, standardized loadout seems perfect for separatist, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I think there's still plenty they could do with separatists. Yeah. Uh, like sheathapeds are also in the separatist. Ooh, like that's right. Um, yeah, they, they could do shuttles, stuff like that. Cool. Oh, there's still things they could release. Yeah, because they they started out they are at uh, the Geonosian shuttle or. Yeah. Dooku's Sun Cruiser or whatever is a ship they could do. Yeah, Solar Sailor. Yeah. Thank you, Solar Sailor. Yeah, because don't in Rebels they steal the Phantom Two from the. the no, it's given. Yeah. It's given as a gift from the Separatist uh, remnant run by yeah. General Kalani. Yeah, because they they, lo they lose the awesome you know Phantom One and get the minivan Phantom Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, with that, you know, we mentioned at the. Uh, start of the podcast. This is episode 75. We've been doing this for over three years now and kind of thought it'd be a neat idea to take a look back and kind of see uh, some of the, the cool things we've got to do uh, since starting this podcast that, you know, we haven't really got to do in X-Wing before. Uh, for me, one of the coolest moments I've had was when we went up to uh, Crossroads last year, uh, Doug and Alex and I, and we were standing there in line waiting to sign up and everybody is masked up, and we're all wearing hoodies because it's cold outside. And someone like two uh, people in front of us in line, I, was, I recognize that voice, turns around and goes, are you the Tashi Station guys? We're like, what? Huh? That just, it is, I, I could never have imagined that happening. It happened to me in the Dallas System Open as well, which was only about a month after we started. Um, that was super weird. Yeah, it's it's always weird getting recognized. It's still weird. Yeah, I don't. I never know how to react. I yeah. appreciate that you guys listen, though. Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. Please, if I act yeah. awkward whenever you say I love listening to the podcast. It's just because I'm an awkward person. It's because we <laughs> don't understand how to be human beings. Yeah, that's true. And it's funny because, like, uh, you know, Doug and Alex as well. You guys obviously, you know, have names that get recognized going all the way back to first edition, being you know regionals winners and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels weird for me who has no such titles under my belt to be, ha have that kind of, oh, hey, I know who you are. Uh, it's happened when I've met up with people in these various online tournaments, uh, and things like that. So that's, you know, it's been interesting. And of course, the best bit of it for me is we started this because some of the other podcasts we listened to back in 2019, 2020, had started to kind of tail off a bit. And we said, hey, let's get a little local thing going up. And you guys had set up the uh, Tashi Station X-Wing Twitch channel for streaming some stuff, if I recall right. Because you were using that for streaming, like, some of our Game Cafe tournaments. Yeah, Briefly. we did that a couple times. 
very we did, briefly. We just decided to kind of go for that, and I thought maybe we'll get like two or three of these, you know, put out, and seven or eight local people will listen to it, and then we'll get bored of it. But uh, you know, here we are sitting at seventy-five episodes, and uh, let me just check to see as of currently we're looking at yeah just shy of 18,000 total downloads uh which boggles the hell out of me how so many people have listened to this niche of niche podcasts uh but even still if this is a podcast you enjoy uh, one of the best things you can do for us we don't you know liking and subscribing doesn't really do anything for us but share it with a friend uh we're always willing to listen to feedback. Uh, we enjoy having new listeners engage with us on our Facebook page. It's always been a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys, not only our listeners, but the three of you for this opportunity. It's uh, been a fun 75 episodes of putting all this together. I want to thank Matt because for he all the work, just doing 100% of the work. And he does all the work. 100% of the work. All we do is <laughs> tell him he's wrong constantly. <laughs> yeah. And he does all the work. Like This is true. I, Matt reads something and then you guys are like, no. <laughs> it is My one job noting. is to post the podcast and releases and half the time Matt has to remind me. So It is worth noting that maybe about two hours before we started recording this, we're in a Discord conversation with some of our St. Louis comrades who happened to be in the uh, top eight of the Kyber Cup. They were asking for some strategy. I said something, and Doug immediately comes with, no, I disagree with that. And Mark don't, goes, don't, it's just like being on the podcast. Don't short sell this. I also first told you you were wrong. <laughs> he said, it's just a podcast. Matt says something, and Doug and Alex immediately disagree with him. <laughs> but we disagreed about different things, if that that's helps. True. Right. Yeah, that, that's the thing that, I think that's one of the fun things that we bring as a podcast is that, uh, yeah, a lot of folks out there might be like me. You might have an idea that sounds right in your head until your smarter friends tell you, no, don't do that. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's something to be said for learning by making your mistakes. And there's something else to be said by learning from other people's experience. And that's why we have Doug and Alex, the talent. And you have me and Greg, the heart. So <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. One day and we'll Doug be the talent, Greg. bullying the heart. And he's mean to me. And in two consecutive tournaments, he'd beat me. They were both good games. They were really fun. Yeah. A lot of really good, um, like yippee moments. You know, mm -hmm. like just like like yeah, wow, that happened. Big, big intense moments. Oh yeah, that was pretty solid. Yeah. So uh, I know, unfortunately, uh, Greg and I aren't going to be able to make it up to a Defticon and Worlds, but. Uh, Doug and Alex, you'll be there. You'll be there repping Tashi Station. Listeners, feel free to walk up to them. They're personable people, uh, despite what they look like, and uh, they will definitely I I uh, enjoy more it. Personable than I am. Yeah, like... <laughs> Doug looks grumpy, but he's a really nice person. Yeah, that's not exactly. true. <laughs> Doug is grumpy. He is <laughs> <Thank> sometimes <you>. <laughs> personable. <laughs> I'm usually more personable at X Wing Turbos, though, because they're fun. That is true. That is true. All right. Well, uh, with that, do we have any shout-outs to give this week on this, our 75th episode? The Inevitable March of Time? Yeah, yeah Thank time, you, Greg, time, for shouting time, out the correct time, time. Dude, I remembered all of that. I didn't even have to write Why it are down. all of you not good at this? This is the 75th episode. Get your shit together. What's happening? <laughs> You started chanting too soon. We haven't done oh. our... our, our oh. It just felt like a good time to chant time. Bob. Bob. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> everybody who has supported us uh, through either donating to our Ko-Fi, uh, stay tuned after the podcast for links to that. Uh, oh, I always mean to shout out this person, but I don't think I actually have before. Uh, it's my father, Bob Howe. Oh, <laughs> your father plays X-Wing? Uh, well, <laughs> but he used to. <laughs> Speaking of the people who have given this podcast money. Yeah, yeah Bob Howe yeah. has been our top supporter and... Uh, uh, we couldn't do it without you, Bob, mostly because without you, we wouldn't have Doug, and it would be an odd podcast otherwise. <laughs> Who would the correct boy me? yells at Newt and tells him he's wrong. <laughs> God, if only Doug didn't exist. That's hurtful. I hope right <laughs> that's for once. Uh, also, Cherokee uh, Open is it, that is that's a tournament that'll have some hopefully meaningful data for Worlds. Uh, that's yep. this weekend or next weekend? Uh, that is, I believe, this coming weekend. Uh, so right after this goes live, uh, hopefully folks will be at the Cherokee Open. Uh, Stephen Parker running it. You've probably seen a lot of his posts on our Facebook. Uh, we're happy to support them. Uh, Stephen's been a great fan of the podcast kind of since we started and uh, doing a lot of work getting the Cherokee Open out there. Uh, it is running. also the, the one-year anniversary of 2.5 because uh, – mm-hmm. For those who don't know, last year, uh, 2.5 rules dropped, I think, the Thursday before Cherokee Open. Yeah. Uh, and so they had a five-round tournament, so they literally did first round was... It was all 2.5 list building, but the first round was just regular 2.0 dogfight, and then they did chance engagement, and then scenarios after that. Yeah. Um, so now they've got their full legs under them. Uh, Want to definitely give a shout-out to uh, everybody that we played this weekend. Uh I got to, as always, it seems, at these tournaments, uh, Jason Griffith, who we joke about the fact that we've been uh, 2.5 nemeses trading wins back and forth. Every single game we have played has been like a white-knuckle dogfight, super exciting, always a lot of fun. Uh, Jason's going through some stuff right now, and from all of us, we want to say we're uh, we're pulling for you, Jason, and uh, best of luck with everything. Very true. Absolutely. For sure. Uh Anything else, uh, Greg and Alex? Uh, shout out again to Mark Myers, again, for uh, help facilitating getting to move worlds via transportation and a place to sleep. So thank you. Because somebody Doug, got a bunch of free stuff and didn't bring his roommate and best friend. Wow. I, I wasn't allowed to. You just <laughs> said that you, what if Doug didn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> then actually, it's an important part means, of our friendship. If Doug didn't exist, Alex, you'd probably have uh, an a higher rent and everything from. Uh, I already uh, have it. I have a place. I have. I would have. If I didn't exist, he probably never gets into X Wing. Yeah, I would, I would have if I'd known about it, but I probably would have never heard of it. Um, so, ha, suck it. I'm imagining yeah. this like it's a wonderful life episode. Where Think about Doug's how much like... more well adjusted I'd be if I if Doug didn't exist. <laughs> oh, you would. He's found... an enabler. <laughs> You to throw it away from insulting other. me, would anybody like to guess what the winning list from the first Cherokee Open was? Uh, okay, so this would be right as 2.5 points were coming out? Yep. Uh, Does Boba have a crew? That yes. Was was it a, a, a Luke Skywalker list? It was not. Uh, was it, 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 it Boba Oh, First Order! Nope, it was Rebels. It was the closest. Oh. Uh, oh, it was like 17 ship list uh, Rebels? It was a five ship list. You have to remember, this is literally days after 2.5 came out. Nobody knew meta gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. It was Hera in the B-Wing, Netrum Pollard in the B-Wing, Evan Verlaine in the Y-Wing, AP5, and Zeb Aurelius. Uh, I assume Attack Shuttle Zeb. What? Uh, it's hopeful Sabine Renhol upgrade. What? Yeah, that might be Mining Guild. 
or that might be tie fighters. You... Either way, yep, that was yeah. that was the winning list. Second place was the seven ship republic list with three Naboo starfighters, two Naboo handmaidens, and Danae Elberger. Click Tarkin Contrail and CLT Barris. What is this a so, meme tournament? No, uh, this was just. What? I mean, this was literally two was days the after week. D point five came we, out. People had no, yeah. we had nothing to build from. Like, oh hey, something. People were got just counting to twenty, and yeah. yeah. Um, oh, also shows, I just count to twenty all the time, and I still lose. Yeah, but if you think the meta stale, keep in mind two point five is literally only about a year old at this point, yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, like th that winning list featured multiple ships that still became meta powerhouses. Like B wings were very strong in the first meta, and they're oh, nowhere. Yeah, because they were the only people who could take at DevCon last year. B wings yeah. went ham. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like uh, yeah. th there have been shifts in the meta. It's just it's tough because there's not a lot of events going on, so the meta feels stale faster. Yeah. How many I mean, point but... changes have we had? Um, I think three. Yeah. Three. Well, so we had our initial points. We're on our third set of points. Yeah, we're on our third set of points. Because uh, I remember we had the... Uh, it was right before the uh, scrub down where we had the Ursa Ren... Uh, yeah, that was, again, that was like two days before, and they just yeah. stuck with the old rules. Exactly. Point. So, we, yeah, we had the last hurrah of the, uh, the uh, horribly, horribly abusive Ursa Ren combos. Uh, you know, God, Rebels were super toxic in early 2.5, it seems. But yeah, things have changed. It's a constantly evolving game. I can't wait to see what comes out of Cherokee Open and then uh, what people build up going into Worlds. Yeah, and... but the, the main thing I wanted to get at with uh, how much the meta's changed in a year is if you're a big scum or rebel player right now and you're down about it, like I assume they're not going to change points until after Worlds because we're only a month away. Uh, and I would imagine they want to see people who've practiced their lists do well at Worlds. Uh, Three so days before Worlds, points yeah. change drop. God. Uh, <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if there's a decent shakeup after Worlds to, yeah. to try and rebalance some of the weaker factions and maybe bring some of the stronger ones more in line. Um, okay. Well, so. we'll know more about that as it goes. So uh, in the next couple weeks, that is kind of what we're going to be doing. We're going to finish out with the Rebel and Empire uh, evaluations, talk about training up for Worlds, and uh, see what else comes out. Well... Uh, again, thank you to everybody for riding with us for 75 episodes, and here's to however many more we keep throwing at you in the future. For Tashi Station, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Porg. And we out. Time. 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 That was the appropriate time. 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 That was the appropriate time. Time. <laughs> time. time. A long time ago. I can still remember. he has been dead for 30 years. Oh my god, Craig, go away already. <laughs> Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening.